Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning's meditation comes to us from the gospel lesson where we hear these words, the words of Jesus. Salvation has come to this house. So far, text. St. Paul Lutheran Church, you are to be commended. And God is to be praised for a hundred years of life together as a congregation. Thanks be to God. On November 10th, 1916, the founders of this congregation established its charter. And this congregation was named St. Paul Lutheran Church. In 1916, the very year this congregation was formed, World War I was in full swing with America about to enter the war in just a matter of months. Woodrow Wilson, who was president in 1916, called World War I the war that would end all wars. His forecast could not have been more wrong, for the 20th century turned out to be the bloodiest, bloodiest century known to man. St. Paul Lutheran Church shares 1916 with the birth of notable people, Jackie Gleason, Walter Cronkite, and Betty Grable. But after 100 years, these people are no longer with us. Question, is that all the past 100 years brings us war and death? No. The founders of this congregation wanted more. They wanted more for their families, their friends, their communities, and for you. They wanted peace and life with the Lord and with one another forever. So they took Jesus at his word, his word of promise, namely, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And thus St. Paul Lutheran Church was formed. From the day of this congregation's founding, Jesus has been and is present with you. And because Jesus is present here with you, Jesus has made this house a house of salvation for you. Jesus made the house of Zacchaeus a house of salvation for him. And likewise, Jesus has done the same for you 100 years. St. Luke tells us about this salvation that came to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. He had heard about the miracles that Jesus had done. Zacchaeus simply wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. He wanted to get a glimpse of this guy that everybody was talking about. But Zacchaeus had a problem, and his problem was this. Zacchaeus was a short man. The streets were lined with people waiting to see Jesus. The crowds were too dense. The people were too tall for Zacchaeus to see Jesus. So Zacchaeus climbed a tree just so he could see Jesus with his own eyes. Now the curiosity of Zacchaeus became the occasion for salvation for Zacchaeus. Jesus did not pass by. Jesus stopped and stood before Zacchaeus. Jesus began to speak to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. 
Jesus said. I must stay at your house today. Jesus had just invited himself over to the house of Zacchaeus. Jesus will make his house a house of salvation. Zacchaeus was overjoyed at this invitation, but the crowds were not. The crowds began to complain about the kindness of Jesus shown to Zacchaeus. Accusations were being made against Zacchaeus. He's a sinner. He's a tax collector. He's a thief. Jesus should not go to the house of a man like Zacchaeus, the crowd said. But that's how Jesus is. Jesus comes to seek and to save the lost. The lost, those who are estranged from the Lord due to their sin. Jesus bestows his salvation on those who don't deserve it. Zacchaeus did not become defensive, nor did he counter with his own accusations against the crowd. Zacchaeus knew the truth about himself, and so he simply repented of his sins. Zacchaeus confessed to Jesus that he would make restitution from whom he had stolen. Zacchaeus said he would pay back four times as much as from what he had taken. And, well, and the rest of his wealth, well, he would give half of that to the poor. Here was a man who had received salvation from Jesus. Here was a man who knew that his sins were forgiven because of the salvation that Jesus had given to him. And because he was forgiven, Zacchaeus, Jesus tells Zacchaeus that salvation has come to his house. Our gospel lesson reads like a history of St. Paul Lutheran Church. No, we are not standing in a sycamore tree, nor is Jesus passing by. But rather, Jesus has stopped and Jesus does speak to you. Jesus has invited himself into this church and has made St. Paul Lutheran Church his home. Jesus dwells among you in this place so that salvation may be yours now and forever. We don't need the crowds of people to accuse us of our sin like they did Zacchaeus. God's law, his demands, they accuse us of sin. God's law shows us that we don't deserve to have Jesus come to this house, nor do we deserve to have Jesus speak to us graciously, nor do we deserve to have Jesus bestow upon us his salvation. We are just like Zacchaeus. We are not worthy of Jesus. But we are deserving of one thing. God's law shows us that we do deserve his judgment and his wrath because of our sin. So have you ever committed the sins that Zacchaeus was guilty of? Have you ever cheated anyone? Have you ever set out to, to get what you have not earned? Are you in need, in need of making restitution with someone for what you have taken from them? Are you selfish with what you have? Are you stingy or greedy with your time and money? Have you acted as if the things you quote-unquote own are yours, forgetting that all things belong to the Lord? Have you been stingy when it comes to giving to the Lord a generous portion as a thank offering for all he has given to you? Have you stolen from your neighbor by not helping him in his time of need? 
When you answer yes to any of these questions, then like Zacchaeus, you too are guilty of sin. And according to God's law, you are lost. Thus, like Zacchaeus, you and I need to repent. For it is in the context of repentance that Jesus speaks his gracious words of salvation to us. Jesus seeks and saves the lost. So on Sunday morning, you come to the Lord's house with your load of sin. You have offended the Lord with your mouth, with your heart, and with your hands. But you still make confession of your sin. So what does the Lord do? Does he condemn you? No. Like Zacchaeus, Jesus forgives you. Jesus forgives you all your sins. Jesus wants you to hear with your own ears that he has removed all of your sin. Jesus wants you to hear with your own ears that you are forgiven because faith in Jesus comes by hearing. Saving faith comes to you through your ears. So Jesus gives you your pastor who speaks the words of Jesus to you. Your pastor says, I forgive you. And you are forgiven by the triune God for the sake of Christ. This forgiveness bestowed upon you is the reason why Jesus has given to you so many pastors over the last hundred years. Salvation includes the forgiveness of your sins. Now Jesus wants forgiveness for all people who come to his house of salvation. Jesus wants forgiveness not only for those who can verbalize their own sin, but also for those who can't, like infants. So for 100 years, your great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents brought you to the waters of holy baptism. In these waters, Jesus washes you clean of all sin. Jesus washes you clean because Jesus applies the benefits of his crucified body to you in your baptism. Jesus puts your own sin and sinfulness to death with him when he died on the cross for you. And through that washing, Jesus joins you to his resurrection and thus raises you to new life, to faith in Jesus and to eternal life with Jesus forever. Because Christ's work on the cross is applied to you in your baptism into Jesus, the Father adopts you as his very own children. To be called a child of God through baptism <coughs> means salvation has come to you in this house. Congregational anniversaries are memorable occasions. They are memorable because we often recall those people who confess their sins here in this church, receive forgiveness here in this church, and were buried in Christ from here in this church. One person whom I will never forget from this congregation is Marvin Kegger. Marvin was a mild man who never tried to impress anybody. Marvin was funny, easygoing, and often laughing about something. But behind that simple exterior was a man of wisdom. Given any situation, Marvin knew what to do, how to do it, and why it was necessary to be done. During my tenure as his pastor, 
I learned a lot from Marvin. I remember when Marvin was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. He told me that only 15% of his heart was actually working. I always wondered how that man could stay alive. And then I got my answer. He couldn't. One day, his 15% gave up and stopped. Marvin would have loved to have been here today for this, this morning's celebration. He was always here for every church service throughout his pilgrimage in this life. You know, that's how we often talk about God's saints in heaven. They would have loved to have been here for the service. The assumption is, is that Marvin and all who died in Christ from this congregation are not here. But that simply is not true. This is the house of salvation. This is the place where Jesus has chosen to dwell among you. And where Jesus is, there are his saints also. We sing in the liturgy with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. We laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying. This is a hymn to the triune God, and specifically to Christ who is about to place himself in bread and wine, so that you and I may be able to eat his body and drink his blood and thus live forever. We know who the angels are in the hymn. They're God's messengers that serve the Lord. And the archangels, they are angels who are superior to the angels. And they also serve the Lord. We know who they are too. But all the company of heaven, who are they? All the company of heaven includes all of God's saints throughout the ages who confessed Jesus in this life and now rest in the arms of Jesus forever. Marvin is one of them. And so is Kurt and Cora and Jeannie and Orville and Eleanor and Bertie, and Everett, and all of the rest who were baptized into Jesus, confessed Jesus, and were buried in the promises of Jesus. They have not missed this morning's celebration. We lift our voices to theirs in thanks to the triune God for the gracious salvation that he has given to us all over this past 100 years. In other words, they are alive with Jesus who is present here. Jesus put it this way, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. The saints of God never die. The saints of God live with Jesus. The saints of God lift their voices and praise to Christ with you. Christ's salvation is present in this house. Our Lord's salvation to us is not complete until all of the promises of Jesus are fulfilled. What we have now is only a foretaste of something even greater. We wait in anticipation for all things to be made right again. We wait for the restoration of God's creation. And so we wait for the day when Christ shall raise the bodies of his saints who are separated from us visibly due to death 
we wait for the day when their bodies and souls are reunited and when all of God's saints, including you, shall be perfected in the new heavens and the new earth. We wait for the day when we can not only sing with the saints who are in heaven now, but also see them, talk with them, and never be separated from them again. This will be the day of full salvation for you, the salvation that you have already received here as a foretaste of great things to come. This is the salvation that Jesus has brought to this house, St. Paul Lutheran Church. The Lord has given you his word for the past 100 years. Jesus has baptized you and he has communed you throughout the past century. Jesus has placed several pastors in your midst during this time. And so Jesus has remained with you since 1916. Yes, 1916. There were far more significant events taking place in history than simply war and death. In 1916, Jesus invited himself into this house. In 1916, Jesus took up residence here at St. Paul Lutheran Church. And since 1916, Jesus has made this church throughout the century his house of salvation. For this salvation that you receive and for the salvation that the now sainted members of St. Paul have received, we give thanks. We give thanks to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.